1: Welcome, class, to another edition, another evening class of Lakers History 101. It is Dean, of all university studies, Gerald Glassford. Thank you so much for watching this thing. Also, as well, the man behind OX 1947 is also here. He has arrived. He is ready to go ahead and give you today's lecture, which we will talk about in a minute. From LakersBall.com. He is Ox1947 and D, plus also support his side business outside of his everyday doings as a member of the faculty here at Lakers Fastbreak University. It is Joe Soro, and today's lecture will be as the Lakers are on the verge of eliminating, which we hope tomorrow, the Golden State Warriors. They lead three games to one. So we took a look back into the annals of history of Lakers lore and noticed that there was another time where the Lakers also were leading three games to one and against a great Warriors team. And that was also way back in 1987 where, as everyone knows, the Lakers eventually overcame that, went to go ahead and passed by the golden state warriors four games to one in that series to ultimately become the world champions for that year will that happen again is this deja vu we'll talk about the similarities plus also the differences between then and now as the lakers and warriors again meet up for tomorrow but we'll talk about that today But first, for today's lecture, we'll talk about, of course, what went on in that great series, including a tremendous performance from a Warrior not named Stephen Curry. Good man indeed. It is the professor himself, Joe Soro. And Joe, great to have you here, my friend. When we talk about Lakers and Warriors, now we talk about Steph Curry and LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But when we talk about Lakers Warriors 1987, there's Hall of Famers galore. And a player who at peaked at the right time for the Warriors, but for the Lakers, their ultimate team that they had, as far as the great collection of players that they had, ultimately served too much for even a gallant and valiant Golden State Warriors team. So
0: 1987 is arguably the greatest Laker team that ever of their title wins, of course, uh, the greatest Laker team ever. Uh, until, in my opinion, the 2001 team uh, materialized. But uh, the reason why you might give an edge to the 87 team is because they were consistent from beginning to end. And they beat the Celtics for the for the second time in, in, in great heroics. Now, the Golden State Warriors, all due respect to uh, the gentleman you were talking to that had the Sleepy
1: uh, Floyd. Ultimate,
0: yeah, Sleepy. ultimate ultimate career game, which was he ended up dropping. Uh, Lakers won the first three games of that series, and then Sleepy Floyd decided to turn into Steph Curry or pre-Steph Curry and dropped 51. So when no one talked about that, uh, uh, that number uh, after Steph Curry hit 50 against Sacramento, we could go in uh, Sacramento. But yes, D'Leepy Floyd actually has the record, the team record for most points in a playoff game. Uh, it just so happens that Steph Curry scored fifty in a Game Seven, which is the most points uh, in a Game Seven ever in any anybody. Team. Yes, yeah. I I remembered them showing that game on ESPN Classic. Uh, I, I was nine years old at the time. Mm-hmm. Was it invested in the Laker? uh dynasty of the 80s at that moment I was a little too young but i did get a chance to see some of the the play in that game and like most guys that went off in the 80s a lot of mid mid-range stuff a lot of uh old school shooting strokes <laughs> uh it took it took a all-time great performance for the Golden state warriors to finally win a game in that series and that obviously uh, happened in game four and the war were able to get at least one in that series before they were bounced in the following game in five. But uh, yeah, it's the 1987 team was uh, from, from my knowledge and my reading up on the team, they were 65 and 17 that year. Uh, Magic Johnson took the reins for the first time that year. And what I mean by that is, Pat Riley sat down with Kareem and said Kareem it's it's time that we, we we make magic Johnson, the first option and Kareem and his team mentality and understanding his position at the time. Uh, was obviously in support of it and that happened to also be the first year magic won an MVP, which is comical because magic and my view is the greatest team basketball player in the history of sports, let alone basketball. Uh, And the fact that he had to wait until his seventh season to win an MVP was quite hilarious. Looking back on it now. So, yes. So uh, I'd like to one day get to a point where when we do shows, we can actually show highlights of certain class videos. Uh, As our production value goes up, I believe that's going to be one of the the fun parts of this show. So for those of you who've, who've come in at the beginning of this, you will look back at these type of videos and say, wow, remember we were just talking about it? I promise you in the future we'll be able to actually post the games and actually go play by play in certain instances. Because that's the fun part about the game. I know most people don't care, but I do. And I know Sean does. Gerald definitely does. We're, we're enthusiasts. We love Laker basketball, especially basketball in general. So to explain the job, explain what we're watching, it's only gonna enhance our ability to explain and have thorough and logical explanations on why uh, in certain nights our team plays a certain way and why and what. And that's that's kind of where I'm leaving on at that. Thank you, Gerald. You may continue.
1: Thank you, Professor. Once again, it is Lakers History 101. We're talking about how the 1987 series between the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers mirrors in some ways and also reflects on what is going to go ahead and go on tomorrow's game, game five in San Francisco, but also mirroring this series as well between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Golden State Warriors today and yesterday but also here today good man indeed you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing as part of magic man in the morning special episode tomorrow morning plus also as well everything that he does first with the laker snack packs like earlier today with yami swoot aka jb sweet plus so much more it is professor sean grice an esteemed member of this faculty thank you so much for joining us once again truly appreciate it magic The thing I have for you to start off with is a game in question that everybody talks about from that year. Is not about any of the four games that the Lakers won. It's about the game that they lost and about the way they lost because they had a large lead heading into the fourth quarter, and it was a dramatic effort, similar to what we saw in last night's game with Lonnie Walker scoring 15 points in the fourth quarter we saw a huge effort from Eric Sleepy Floyd. I don't want to say he was a journeyman per se. He did have a nice long career, didn't play for that many teams. He had a career that he was an above average player for the most part. And it was just this one night, this one period of time where the Lakers were actually up by, uh, at times, over 20 points. Got outscored 41 to 19 in the fourth quarter by a barrage of just an insane amount of offense from Eric Sleepy Floyd.
2: Yeah, Gerald, I mean, uh, you talk about uh, being in the zone. That that was a definition of being in the zone. Even James Worthy, who's uh, – him and Sleepy Floyd would get together and play pickup in the offseason because they were both from uh, North Carolina, said that uh, – he had seen games before on the bench when uh irvin or kareem was in the zone and he knew sleepy floyd was in the zone and um when you're in the zone nobody can tell you in the zone you just have to stay in there um some some athletes can go into like full-on hypnosis right you're all just staying staying in there and looking back in reading, Sleepy Floyd said that, uh, you know, the it, it, he didn't think he could miss from anywhere. The The basket was so big to him. But, yeah, outscored 41 to 19. You know, George Carl, for all his faults, can, can put together a pretty good game plan. It was just put the ball in Sleepy Floyd's hands and uh, live with the results.
1: The one thing I want to ask you, though, and I think you've got a little bit of noise in the background. I don't know if you have something running on in the background or not because I can actually hear it on, so I do apologize, Professor. The thing I asked you before I hit it back to Professor Soro is we also remember, as, as Joe did, as far as the Lakers in 1987, a very, I guess, uh, just a team that was on a mission, the team that was just destroying everyone. They ultimately lost that one game, that's it in the Western Conference. That's all. Everything else that's was it. 4-0, 4-1, 4-0. And then ultimately they blew away the Boston Celtics in a friendly six games. But actually, after what went on, you know, they, they made a statement, Boston Garden, the whole nine yards. Pretty much that's something we'll they will attest to another day for Lakers history one-on-one. But on their way to a tremendous victory that they were, but the Lakers actually
2: And actually, Gerald, if you look back, Pat Riley said him and his coaching staff were actually preparing to play the Utah Jazz because the Jazz were up 2-0 in the first round on the Golden State Warriors. So he said they had to do some serious, uh, serious prepping because they didn't, uh, like most of the NBA, didn't anticipate the Warriors coming back. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, it just, again,
1: just... A tremendous performance for the first three games. Very dominant as far as what went on in that series. I mean, L.A., first game, nine-point win, going away. Second game, they won by 15. Third game, they won by 25. Absolutely outstanding. And for the most part, they they were controlling the entire series, Joe, as I can bring you back in here real quick. The thing is, though, that's surprising. If it weren't for that one quarter, the Lakers would have swept the entire Western Conference. If it wasn't for one quarter and one tremendous performance, the Lakers would have gone through the entire Western Conference without a blemish.
0: I guess it it would have felt bad if we hadn't done it twice before, or I should say twice after. (laughs) the lakers went 11 and 0 in the western conference playoffs in 1989 and unfortunately we 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 got two blown hamstrings by Byron Scott and Magic Johnson didn't, didn't get a chance to to finish it off against detroit and then of course in in 2001 lakers went 11 and 0 before beating philly in 5 uh in philly to uh, go 15 and 1 uh, only to have it broken by the 2017 Golden State Warriors. So it seems like we're going full circle on all these things with the Warriors and the Lakers, <laughs> uh, the, the, Golden State Warriors went 16 and one in the 2017, uh, playoff run and had basically won the best percentage, uh, in terms of win loss in the playoffs. So yeah, it, 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 the 87 team was just it it, it it hit its highest level even with a 39 year old kareem abdul jabbar it took a behemoth performance by a very good player in his own right and made history it's it's funny that you you know you can see that game because of the fact that that was the only game that mattered. (laughs) And it's similar to kind of to the, to the first game that the Lakers lost in the 2001 finals. It was, it took a 48 uh, point performance by AI, which got to give him props. Stephen a Smith predicted before uh, the, uh, the ever famous AI is going to get you one AI is going to get you one. He did get him one. And then the Lakers proceeded to backdoor sweep the rest of the way, and I, as much as I would have loved to have gone sixteen and zero, I'm sorry, fifteen and zero in that run, because of what those p, I'm I'm not going to say it, because of what the Philadelphia fans did to Kobe a few months earlier at the All Star game, I took great joy in the Lakers beating. Philadelphia, in every game in Philly, and one of them was also the closeout. So that was extremely satisfying. Kind of segued away from that, but that's something I wish that I'd been wanting to say for a while, but didn't know when I could get into it. But looking at the 87 series in general, uh, that seemed to be status quo for most Western Western Conference teams. The Lakers owned that conference for a decade and you only had one team very nice very nice see we're already advancing all 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 at once we only had one issue that whole decade and one team that whole decade and that was the houston rockets in 1981 magic was hurt uh the first round was a three game series it it ended badly and then ended up actually doing something good down the road, but you know we ended up now, losing now, when we should have. That, Look that's, at
1: Kurbanba's trying to block that, that shot. That, that was that, that was really cool.
2: That's true too, but uh, I mean it's it's not as if like it's not as if the Showtime Lakers and the um the the Warriors dynasty didn't have their share of Game Sevens either. The Lakers drew the Mavs one year, and Roy Tarpley was a really Really hard matchup for our front court, and Dallas was able to take us to seven games. Utah took us to seven games once, but Joe's right. For the most part, it was only one team that was kind of in the way, and that was that was Houston. Uh, what Gerald talked about airy similarities with the uh, the Warriors squad, the way uh, Larry Smith was kind of able to control the boards. Uh, at times in that series was pretty pretty formidable, Gerald, similar to uh, Kavon Looney. Different players, obviously different era, but Golden State had also uh, Joe Barry Carroll as well. So it's 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 not as if they were up against the the behemoth front court that w- that was the Lakers in during Showtime. They had some players. It's just that they weren't to the level of a, of a championship squad. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break.
1: Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, so you would watch The Tomorrow War before The Matrix? Yes. So you forced me down. I was tied into a chair, and I had to watch one thing. I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. (laughs)
2: Well played, sir. Well played.
1: Yes, that's the only reason for the flashbacks to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. But it's so amazing because as we're watching that famous game now, literally it is one quarter and a 29 point quarter for that, for Eric sleepy Floyd, for them to pull out, pull out the victory. And other than that, guys, think about that. They would have given all of the Western conference would have been donuts against them. If it wasn't for just one quarter, just the amazing ability that this Lakers team had You're seeing it now, as far as with Sleepy Floyd, but I'm telling you, my friends, just the tremendous brilliance that they had, Joe and Sean. You know, and I'll get it back to you, Joe. Just the tremendous brilliance that this Lakers team had. You know, it it had to take a Herculean effort, like we saw with Sleepy Floyd, just to even get in the win call against them.
0: Yeah, you went with the hot hand. You can see him here. He can. he, He was going to the hole. He was hitting the mid range shots. He was. He was unstoppable. Even Michael Cooper, as good as it, Michael Cooper, won Defensive Player of the Year that year, and he made him look like he was not non-existent. Every very good, every stout player, good, good, very good to, to good to great to all-time great, has these moments. They've had they have these moments at some point in their careers, and it just so happened that Sleepy Floyd had his. At a uh, at an important time, which is being the little monkey wrench in the nineteen eighty seven Western Conference run for the Lakers that didn't allow him to serve a donut to everybody. <laughs> that was a <laughs> future
1: and Laker run. passing to Eric Floyd it Terry Floyd. Teagle, by the way. Yes, Terry yeah.
2: and and you know G- Gerald's correct because the the vaunted Showtime uh, defense gave up forty one points in a quarter as well, so uh it wasn't it, uh, sleepy floyd carried uh them basically ninety nine percent of the way but it, we see there, but yeah, it was incredible gerald i mean out of six out of uh, one quarter out of you know a run of weeks is is all it took to uh to stop uh well, I, I, a I think, near a near perfect i think run. i think pat
0: Raleigh was stubborn here. Uh, he was stubborn. He didn't double him. It, it was very, very Sam Mitchell-esque before Sam Mitchell-esque.
1: You saw it. no doubles, no traps. He didn't double no as Pat
0: Riley's ego got in but, the way here.
2: But but here's the thing. Here's the here's the thing, uh, Joe. For some reason, a lot of guys were like that too because there was. Uh, do you remember the game where uh, uh, Charles went forty-four and and twenty-four against the Warriors? Yes. He basically was asking Don Nelson, you're not going to double me? And Nellie was like, nope, you can get anything you want. I am not doubling you. There was just something about that era, man, where it's just like, if you couldn't guard your your man on man, then I'm going to sit your ass because I'm not wasting a double because you can't hold your water.
1: I'll tell you what, though. It's been great to see so far how the Lakers are doing now. But, again, just – just the eerie similarities that the Lakers have had to this 1987 series, because the Lakers could very well close out this series in five games, similar to what we saw with the Lakers on their way to a possible world championship. And I don't want to get too far ahead. I know M is in the chat wanting us to talk about, could this possibly be the greatest championship ever? I don't, I don't, you know, and I know Kenneth Stone last night was talking about, well, Gerald, should they give the rings to, you know, to Russell and Patrick Beverly and, you know, the Lakers have already decided if they were going to, that they're going to. But I, I don't want to even have those discussions, before, right, because that's putting the cart in front of the horse. There's still, what, nine games left, as Joe indicated, nine games left that we still have to go ahead and win before we get to that level. And then we can reflect on how great of a, of a, of a season this ultimately turned out to be. But getting to the game that we're going to tomorrow, I'm going to also probably show some highlights here in a second as well. I want to get to you, Sean, when it comes to what you're looking at tomorrow, Professor Sean Grice, what are you trying to analyze? Because we saw so many different things, so many intricate different details from this past game to the last. And you saw everything from Gary Payton, the second, into lineup, shutting down D'Angelo because of it, but also as well, you know, for the first half you saw Draymond Green being guarded by Anthony Davis, but – Darvin Ham switched Anthony Davis to, there you go, to get Wiggins. And then that obviously is just, you know, that that did a number as far as getting Anthony Wiggins, as far as uh, Andrew Wiggins, as far as being able to guard him. And that was a key to where where that freed him up even more to be on, you know, be able to be a valuable defender. Then you had point LeBron showing off at times while Steph Curry was a facilitator trying to facilitate just so many intricate details that we saw in last night's game that may continue for the next game tomorrow night.
2: I would rather live with Steph being a volume shooter and getting 50 than doing what he did last night. I think if the game plan is, uh, Anything similar, I you know I think you're you're on the razor's edge there, playing with fire a little bit. I'd uh, I'd re- I, you know Gerald, I have every um, I have every enthusiasm and and optimism that somehow Ham in combination with the the staff and AD are going to be able to to figure out this little jigsaw puzzle that is you know him just stuffing the half court with pick and rolls and just murdering us because it was a butcher job for mm-hmm. I, for I don't,
0: I don't think it was a
2: butcher job. I believe well he he was he was affi- he was efficient. Nobody else got going but he himself that's was the efficient. Point. That's the well point. well we bear we barely got out of there though and it was it, it every game is different. I would rather live with him just the, being the Lakers, a volume the, shooter than the, the, uh the Go Lakers
0: ahead, Yeah, I'm sorry. I have to say this. Uh, the Lakers are playing like uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. at the moment. You if yeah. you if you if you overpursue and you try too hard instead of trying to just balance enough to get to where you need to get to and then win it at the end. That was what they did. That that was the only way you could do what you did. The the, the Lakers don't have a 30-year-old LeBron James, AD is obviously capable of doing what he's been doing. And then at the same time, you don't really know which role player is going to show up even as a Laker coach or a Laker team. So what the Lakers did was they tried to keep it close, keep it close, keep it close. And then at the end of the game, turn it on so that they had optimum energy, Optimum focus, especially when it comes to the Warriors, because LeBron is very familiar with this team. The only reason why LeBron doesn't have probably two more wins against Golden State is because Kevin Durant decided that he wanted to go to Golden State and win two easy championships. I'm just gonna
1: say now, Kevin Durant, when he was playing against LeBron in that series, uh, ultimately I thought was playing better than anyone on the planet, and that's what he needed to do to beat LeBron in that series.
0: Uh, it's very easy for someone of his caliber to, caliber to play like the best guy in the world when you have no worries. You don't, you know, he's not carrying everything. You have two of the greatest, in my opinion, two of the best. Steph is one. That's not even an opinion. Steph is wow. the greatest shooter. Kevin
1: Durant's not playing out right now because they're getting right. killed and that, and now.
0: Now there is some age that's happened, so that plays a part in it too. Yes. But I true I believe if Kevin Durant does not come to Golden State since seven for 17 and 18, LeBron. Let's just say I'll give Golden State the 17 title, but I'm I'm positive that LeBron wins an 18. I'm positive with that one. The 17 team was very, very, very powerful they they might have been able to win that one without KD but it would have been closer and again you're 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 talking about a guy that knows this team inside out and this is how you beat them you beat them by trying to keep everyone else at bay because you're not gonna stop Steph either he's gonna be shooting lights out or he's gonna be creating so let him do one of those two things keep everyone else out of sync and then you got it close in the end. Boom. We've done this twice in this series and both were wins. And today, today I was just happened to be in the truck all day and I was back and forth on Sirius radio. Listen to the shows. Did My you have bees God, on the truck I heard, today? I What was that? Did you
1: have bees on the truck today?
0: No, I did not. Uh That was weird, by the way. Um <laughs> All I heard was the biggest excuses on why the warriors lost. Everything always went to if they had just done this, if they had just done that. I'm sitting there going, what is this? What is what's going on here? What have you guys seen this year that has changed? What were you expecting from this team to all of all of a sudden miraculously start winning on the road? Oh, they beat Sacramento on the road twice. Is that what changed everybody's mind? Did they forget that LeBron and AD didn't play in Sacramento? I'm just asking. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to figure that out. And the fact that Sabonis was one shot away from likely winning that series, right? Uh, you know, if you want to te- call, you know, talk about technicalities, talk about that. At the end of the day, you are what you are, and the Lakers are up 3-1. Stop making excuses and start praising the teams that are playing well instead of harping on, what well, oh if they had only done this. Like, there's no talent out there that explains anything. And again, a lot of these guys are former NBA players. That's the thing that's nerve-wracking. Why not give? Why not talk more about – and I somebody put a clip of it, and I wish they would show it on the actual big, big, big boy networks. There's a beautiful clip of LeBron – talking before Draymond threw that turnover to AD. He was he was the maestro on that thing. And when they switched off, Schroeder ended up guarding Draymond and basically, I think, coaxed him into making Draymond go to the basket knowing that Draymond was going to think, oh, Schroeder's on me, I'm going to the hole because I can beat this little guy. Then all of a sudden, he veered him off enough to where he had to make a jump pass and LeBron, right at the right moment, said "AD something, something," and boom, right in his hand.
2: Well, Joe, you know what? You know what's funny to me is that on the uh, on the opposite side of the country, you got people trying to make excuses for why the Heat are up three one. Oh, it's got to be the it's got to be the Miami weather. Oh, the Knicks the Knicks got the South Beach flu. It has nothing to do with that actual you know heart and soul that is the Miami Heat, but never. I digress. Um, I, I'd just like to make one correction from uh, from the Snack Pack earlier. Jamie had attributed um, uh, somebody saying the Lakers should rest LeBron and AD for K5. And he attributed – hold on, Joey. Sorry, sorry he, attrib- sorry. he attributed that to Colin Coward. That was actually Mike Greenberg, for God's sakes. That guy's that- schmuck. Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. Uh, I heard – did Legler say it too? No. God no. He would never say it. He put his face
0: next to it on on ESPN's site. I didn't I didn't play the video though.
2: No, he, he would never say something that's stupid.
0: That, that that is the most asinine, stupid, idiot moron comment I think I've heard in all this stuff. Seriously, rest game five? Are you like where does that even come into your brain?
2: He actually, really.
0: he's actually saying the Lakers will not win Game Five.
2: Yeah, he's been staring at the sun too many, too, too long.
0: How does this guy have a job? Seriously, didn't they learn the lesson from Mike and Mike that he's a complete buffoon?
2: Right, right. It was, it it was, it was Golik carrying that show. Oh
0: my God. That, that is absolute stupidity of all stupidities. You go into game five and you have to have the mentality that you're going to take these guys out.
2: Yeah. You got to rest. You got serrated teeth. You you want rest. Like what the hell are you talking about? Unreal.
1: Okay. I want to actually just go a little bit back just for a minute here. We talked about the 1987 series, how they finished it out four one and outside of just one quarter and one tremendous performance in that quarter, that's the only thing that derailed their entire Western Conference slaughter as far as they wow, they went through three separate rounds with only one loss. Just tremendous performance in the playoffs. That team went on to actually win a back-to-back, as I have I'm hanging right up here, my, my shirt right up here for the 1987-88 seasons. I will say that it was one of the greatest collections of Lakers teams of all time. This team it's, you know, it's as far as if you look at the entire roster, it's not going to go down as one of the greatest Lakers teams of all time, but it may go down as one of the greatest Lakers performances of all time. And that was mentioned earlier in the chat, the best Lakers chat room that's out there by MV nine one six. And he was asking if this could go down as that And I, again, we still have to get to that point, but so far guys, when it relates to what, what happened so many years ago, there are similarities as far as how they're closing out teams, but the differences in how they're getting to there, Sean and Joe, and I'll start off with you, Sean, are very different indeed.
2: Yeah, very, very, very different, uh, Gerald. Um, uh, that 87 team, um, the core of, of those six guys have, you know, at that point in time accumulated. I think it, it's something in the neighborhood of, ungodly you know well over 2000 minutes together they have well over you know 500 minutes together in the playoffs so they're a cohesive unit basically know what each other's going to do before they do it uh not in all cases but most cases this team's a little different you're right Gerald there's there's a mix of mostly veterans some youth on the team they got Basically, together at the trade deadline, they haven't been together for that long. They're still learning uh, how to play with one another, and it's still
1: so reliant on two future Hall of Flamers in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Whereas the 1987 team was a, uh, I guess you could you could name off what Kareem I mean, Magic, magic worthy. worthy, yeah, you had you had Rambus, you, you, had, you had Cooper, Byron. Byron Scott, Scott, you had you had a list of Lakers greats that was continuing on down the line. Even the guys coming off the bench with Michael Cooper, one of the greatest six men of all time. Here with the Lakers, it's quite different on how they're getting the job done.
2: Yes, very, very much so. Um that team was was primarily, you know, getting to the free throw line like 35, 45 times a game, you know, so sometimes, you know, minimal, you know, sometimes it was 25 a game. They would just continue. It was continually attacking the paint that showtime Lakers team wouldn't go two or more than two possessions without, without the feeding into the post. Like the, it was unheard of, you know, obviously very different in the, in terms of, Usage percentage. Magic had a usage percentage in 1987 of below 25%. You know, now LeBron and AD at times in a game, Gerald, have it up to, you know, 30, 35, sometimes 40%. So the the ball got out of the hands quickly in Showtime, whereas, you know, LeBron and especially AD, you know, sometimes they're very deliberate. Uh, some. You know, there weren't a lot of possessions in short time where, you know, you have it at the nail and there are five seconds left on the clock. But it was a different game, uh, slightly more efficient the way they, they got their business done. And let's be honest, Gerald, a lot of that series, I mean, Magic and Kareem were sitting in the fourth.
1: Absolutely. And that's Chuck Nevitt time. Chuck Nevitt. There you go. I can, uh... Oh, it's been actually, I think we've dropped, named dropped him like twice this week. So that, that'll tell you right there. But when it, can, it comes to as far as what we're seeing, Joe, with this team, the resiliency that this team has had ever since the trade deadline, you know, the fact that like it's such a short time as Professor Grice has said that they've come together, you know, the chemistry on this team has bonded very quickly. Sometimes you don't even get that over the course of an entire season. So that is one of the most impressive things about this team is that the, this Lakers team in such a short time have come together and bonded to the point where it's created the defense of stats and the defense of analytics that are just still off the charts.
0: What they're doing is on the path of unprecedented in and, and, and many ways. It's not even a Laker franchise run at this point. It's an unprecedented NBA run. If AD doesn't get hurt in 2021, they were on the path of beating a two-seed then, which was the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns were a finals participant, were up 2-0, and a couple of plays away from likely winning at all. Lakers were on their way of going back-to-back, back, in my opinion, should, should AD have stayed healthy. I know, Gerald, you've said things about Milwaukee that year that might have been you know created something otherwise but i have no doubt that uh, if 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 the lakers go up too well against milwaukee milwaukee's not coming back and winning four in a row i'm sorry not with lebron and ad on the team i yeah. mean when did i say that you you had, i think you had mentioned that milwaukee was a good really really good team and scary that year
1: well that that year that year yeah. but i didn't think no i didn't i never said that they would beat the lakers on that
0: okay then i must have been some some other gerald guy that i know no, no. okay
1: it was some other um,
0: I anyways uh I'm looking at this past You're talking about
1: the 2020 season, correct?
0: No, I'm talking about 2021.
1: Oh, 2021, the Lakers would have had that year. I've said that. I've been on the record to good, say that. It good, good. Like AD. I said, it
0: must have been somebody else named Gerald Glassford. Uh,
1: well, okay. It must have yeah. been someone else. Uh, remember, I am the dean here at the <laughs> okay. fast break university.
0: Good, good. This don't give me any demerits for that one. Thank you. Do they still give those up, by the way? Or, or does that hurt the kids' feelings and stuff, and they don't do anything? A
1: participation in awards?
0: What if you're negatively participating? Are you do they punish them these days?
1: PMC wants you booted, Joe. yeah,
0: kick him out of class. The, no, no, no. The Lakers are on I,
1: I run the class. The, the Lakers,
0: the Lakers are on a path that is unprecedented. There's never been a team that low that has a chance at being favorite against a one seed. That's what could happen here. The Lakers as a seven seed, should they beat Golden State either tomorrow or Friday or Sunday, (laughs) be favorite over a one seed. The same team we've picked to go to the finals. What a conundrum. What a conundrum. I did not in a billion years see this run, number one. Number two, I did not see the Lakers one win away from beating the second seed in six and then beating the champs in maybe five. I mean, come on, this is not normal. I don't know if this is the new NBA, but wow. That's why this run is, is going to stamp so many things for so many careers. And of course, put the banner up there to lead the league after 60 years. That's even more than sixty years, actually. That's the crazy thing. There's so many stories on this. LeBron getting his fifth AD in my AD putting a stamp on the greatest defensive performance in history. This is Madison Bumgarner esque what he's doing right now. If anybody knows who that is, pitcher for the Giants, two thousand four playoff run. Madison Bumgarner practically won that World Series for the, for, the, for the San Francisco Giants. And right now, Anthony Davis's defense is winning and beating the greatest score of our lifetime. And that's with him scoring or facilitating or facilitating and scoring and not screwing up. He's making shots. He's doing this. He's doing that. He's phenomenal. And his... A performance is allowing the Lakers to still come out with wins. The Lakers are nine wins away from making history that is unprecedented. There's nothing like this. And you're going to have to give credit to LeBron in a way where he will be sitting with Michael Jordan at that point at the same table as the greatest of all time. And you will not logically be, be able to be talked down to as him being the greatest ever, you can't, you 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 cannot sit there and degrade somebody. If you do, you don't know anything. You cannot degrade LeBron James should he win this title, ever again, for being the greatest of all time. You can still say Michael Jordan is better, cool. But if somebody says no, 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 LeBron is number one, you can't sit there and go no, 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 no. This is what happened and that happened. No, you have to shut up now. It's over. AD, what more validation do you want for his career? One on every level. And then is a multiple NBA champion. And the reason why he's a multiple NBA champion is because he is the greatest defender I've ever seen in the playoffs. This isn't the first time he's done it like this. I saw what he did to Miami in 2020, but this was, I mean... His his defense, this first two series, have been
2: just well unmatched. Let's not forget something as well here, too, okay? Do you not think he wants to kick their ass tomorrow night? They punked him in the playoffs before when he was with the Pelicans. He only won one playoff series before he was with the Lakers, and that's when him and Rondo swept the Blazers to kick their ass. But he's been swept by the Warriors, and he got beaten by them in five. You don't think AD wants to come back and beat them in five, get them back? You know, I got you guys on my way to a title because you got me on your way to one. Now, let me return the favor. I think, Gerald, that's an added layer here to this series. I don't think a lot of people have brought that up, is that He knows them, too. It's not as if LeBron just has history with the Golden State Warriors. AD has history with them, too. It's just in those nine games, he never had anybody on their level to play with. The only two players he really had in New Orleans beside him was Rondo and Cousins for half a season. That was it. And you never were sure which Rondo you were going to get? No.
0: Where you That's get the funny him? thing about that. That's the part. It's funny. It's funny that the, the Rondo that we got in 2020 was the third star, mm-hmm. the guy that hit every three pointer that mattered. Uh,
1: yeah, I think I think it was as close enough to it. I said at the time that the actual third star, and Sean knows this, was the defense and transition. I thought that to me was more of the third star. Rondo came in clutch. Absolutely. I got on the Rondo train at the very last second, but I did get on it after, you know, the ups and downs, which was Rondo during the season. But I will say though, again, I, I that, my thing as far as the third man was the defensive transition. That is something that we could similarly see in this particular playoffs, because when the Lakers are at their best, it's their defense and the transition and what they can create out of it. So I'm hoping for a lot of that tomorrow. But before we head on out, I want to go ahead and ask you guys. This This is interesting because already people that are trying to hint at this, and I don't want to say this is going to be a done deal because again, most people are predicting that the Lakers will lose tomorrow and it'll go back to LA for Game Six. We want to actually see how the game progresses, so we're not going to go ahead and 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 even in humor that. But if the possibility happens that the Lakers do win, we could very well see the end of the warrior's dynasty as they know it and the thing that i have not seen at all in this series was the kind of testiness we've seen in other series the kind of anger especially from draymond green he shouted and barked at the rest sure but we have not seen the kind of dirty play that we saw in the kings series we haven't seen the kind of testiness we saw in the Kings versus the Warriors series, so and we didn't even see the kind of the testiness that the Lakers and the Memphis Grizzlies have seen. So it's interesting. So now that this series gets closer to an elimination or to an elimination possibility, what do you think about this, Sean? About the possibility of tempers starting to flare because the Warriors, if it gets to the point where the Lakers become a clear outfront winner. Could it be the possibility some frustrations may fly because of the possible end of the Warriors dynasty.
2: I think so, Gerald. Um, myself and uh, Mr. Yami we uh, were talking about that uh, earlier on the snack pack. Um, Gerald, I happen to think that uh, you know if uh, the Lakers come out like uh, hell on wheels and uh, just really, really start pounding the Warriors, I think it's Probable, not pop, not necessarily going to happen, but probable that Draymond Green ends up doing like something like a Bubba Wells did on uh, Dennis Rodman where yep, I'm just going to pick up four quick fouls here in about uh, 30 seconds and uh, I'll get teed up, say something else, second tee, and then I'll hit the showers. I think that's well within the realm of possibility drill. I think, uh, you know, if Jordan, if it goes
1: awry, if it goes awry and the crowd starts getting mad and angry and you can feel the hate flow down as far as taking a, as far as the emperor words from star Wars, as far as the hate flowing through them, as far as in the entire arena, if it gets to that point where it becomes that the Lakers are actually taking control of the game in game five, I don't want to say it could get ugly, but there's a definite possibility because the Warriors will then be clearly faced right there, smack dab in front of their face with a clear possible ending for the Warriors dynasty.
2: There's the ever shadow of... I'm just saying Uh if. yeah no 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 but theorizing
1: for class theorizing to the class
2: Gerald the the grim reaper the shadow that is the finality of the of the warriors dynasty is around the corner we just don't know when and you're right if if they're if they're coming face to face with uh, their own you know professional legacy here and it's it's just they're gonna watch it fall to the floor Draymond Green isn't going to let that happen without screaming bloody murder before it happens.
1: We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, Joe, I want to ask you this, Professor. Uh, We've got about 10 minutes left in class. When it comes to what you're seeing with the Lakers, again, they have a very great opportunity tomorrow to go ahead and close it out on their own floor. And that in some ways, closing it out on the opponent's team floor, especially like, you know, as one of the greatest victories in the histories and the annals of the entire Lakers history is when we actually won and closed out the finals on the parquet floor in Boston. That could be a similar type of feeling for the Lakers if they end the Warriors' dynasty tomorrow in Golden State.
0: The Lakers have a history of closing out huge series on the road, uh, one being in 85. I believe they obviously they did it in 1980 when Kareem was hurt in Game 6 in Philly. I, I think they did it again in 82. Uh, so 80, 82, 85, they won both 8788 on in, in L.A., and then in 2000 they won in LA and then in 01 and 02 they won on the road they won in Philly and then they won in Jersey 09 they beat Orlando and Orlando to finish that off and then of course they won game seven at home on, in 2010 uh, I, we obviously don't count 2020 really because there, there was that was a uh, <laughs> that was the uh, the Florida the
2: Florida run on that. So technically, they were on the road the whole time. <laughs> uh, I, but I they, believe that I believe they were the they were considered the home team in Game Six, Joe. Yeah.
0: So yeah, it. I just want them to win tomorrow so they can get rest. Whether they win tomorrow or Friday, is irrelevant. Because at the end of the day, they win the series; it's over. No one's talking about oh, they lost Game Five the, in ten years or five years or even next year.
1: But I also want them to be careful. And the reason why I say it is this, because if you use history as your guide, my friends, if you take a look back at that one game in that Western Conference, in that series, professors, you'll take a look at why or what was the reasoning or how did it work out to where Eric Sleepy Floyd had a NBA playoff record, 29 points in that fourth quarter. It started close to the end of the third quarter with the Lakers already having a double-digit lead. And Michael Cooper, talking smack. Byron Scott, slam dunking and talking smack. Michael Thompson, flexing after a, after a scored basket. And the smack talk that they were providing. That's what I was reading in the articles and doing the studies at that point in time. And I actually saw a little bit of, of in, the, in the video clips as well. So the thing I would advise the Lakers, if you do get a lead, especially with the way that the Golden State Warriors can go on a run, is to just try to win with grace and not too much arrogance, because, again, if you go ahead and be able to finish them off in Golden State, it would be one of the most satisfying victories you could possibly have.
2: Beating the defending champs on their floor and uh, staking your claim as, as the best team going into the Western Conference Finals, I think it'd be incredible. Gerald, I'm feeling... Really, really good about tomorrow night. Actually, I am. I'm. I. I wasn't so uh, certain after uh, last night's victory, but uh, after a, a good night's sleep and uh, thinking about what, if anything, can be can be remedied uh, on the other side. I don't think they have an answer uh, for one Anthony Davis when he is focused and he is basically the double yo-yo. On defense, right now he's being he's able to be in two places at once, seemingly. Well, they um, did a
1: good job in the first half with the pick and rolls, and and when uh, Draymond Green was his assignment, it wasn't until Darvin Ham asked him to change to Andrew Wiggins that it really things started to work out a lot better for us there halfway through the third quarter.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So it it, it looks as though Kerr's going to be staying up. All hours of the night figuring out what, if anything else, can be done because, Gerald, honestly, I think they've, la- they've squeezed the last juice out of that orange. I don't think there's any more juice left.
1: Wow. I, 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 want, I want to be on a little bit on the safe side and cautionary side because it is going back up to where they are. We're, we're fans, Gerald.
0: Months. We could say whatever we want. We don't have any say in the game.
1: Well, That's true, but I
0: want to go saying... out on the limb here and say the Lakers are going to destroy Golden State tomorrow. What difference does it make? Okay, absolutely. I that's I, great. I, that's a great I, I told you guys this at the beginning. I'm not, I, I haven't feared the Warriors in any way. I was nervous last night more because it was, man, if they can just get this game, they pretty much seal the seal this thing. That was why the, the nerves were there. They're The Warriors have done everything. Steve Kerr has done everything. And none of it has worked. None of it. Because you can't... Look at the last sequence against... With with AD on on, on Steph Curry. You're talking about a 6'11 human being. Staying like Velcro. On arguably the greatest ball handling basketball player that's ever been alive and he couldn't get past him twice twice he had to shoot from Kilimanjaro twice couldn't couldn't get past him couldn't barely shot over him that is not normal that guy is not normal that guy is a freak of nature Anthony Davis Anthony Davis, what's his new acronym? I know I've been saying all day Anthony Davis. How about always defensive Anthony Davis? I can't take credit for that. I read it earlier today. I thought that was really good.
2: <laughs>
0: Come on, guys. I I I think the excitement besides the fact that I'm a Laker fan and I want him to win and I want 18, it's because you, you, you're invested in some of these players too. You're so excited for them to get validated for doing amazing things. And well, I, am I think really, the Lakers
1: I think the Lakers have every chance to win that game tomorrow. I think sure,
0: absolutely. And, and if they and, play like
1: they did in game one, I have no doubt about
0: that. And their ability to win tomorrow, and should they win tomorrow, only adds to the fact that they are going to help themselves even more for the next series because you are going to give yourself almost more than a week to get rest which is desperately needed.
2: That's what Jamie brought up as well, Joe. That's that's why tomorrow is just as pivotal for the Lakers as it is for the Warriors. And I
0: and in this this Lakers are going to definitely lose tomorrow, BS. That's I hope Darvin Ham's getting all that gathered up. Yeah,
2: exactly. Sit and spin, right?
1: Professor, that's unprofessor. That's unbecoming yeah. of you.
2: Yeah. No, I apologize, I apologize, Dean. We are here. Okay. We are here to... Just
1: for that, give everybody an A.
0: We are here <laughs> to to hope that there is some noise in that locker room before the Lakers go out. With people thinking, oh, well, the Lakers is going to concede this and go away and hope to win in six. You play that game, you find yourself... Like the Lakers did in, uh, what was it, 2000 Western Conference Finals? Remember mm-hmm. what happened then? Yeah. Lakers went back to L.A. Oh, we're going to close them out in L.A. We just, we just want two in Portland. Portland whipped your butt in game five. Portland whipped your butt in game six. And Portland was whipping your butt for three quarters until they decided that they didn't want to make any shots for ten minutes. Just saying, guys, there's no waiting here especially a team with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and that's pretty much it on a team.
1: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I have uh, great faith in the Lakers. If they play again like they did, and use game one as your roadmap on how to go ahead and beat Golden State at their home, and they can get it done. You'd stop listening to the noise of anybody saying out there they can't do it just go ahead and play the way that they can use that defense. Don't have those defensive lapses like you did yesterday, be able to go ahead and still provide the best defense. You can the best defense in the NBA so far that we've seen in this playoffs and we can get it done and we can come home, get some rest and hopefully uh, gear up for whoever going to face next week. But that's again, something that we can do. Hopefully we will do it. Joe is professor. He is very confident that Professor Sean is as well. Tomorrow, you're going to get a a magic man in the morning. Also as well, you'll probably get a snack pack sometime during the day, previewing the Lakers and the Warriors game five. Looking forward to it. Plus playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. Please join us. If you want to hear us unfiltered, uncut, the professors are right there for game five on playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. Also as well, the post game, the best post game on the Lakers that can be found is nowhere else than right here at the Lakers Fast Break. I do want to thank everyone as far as in the chat, all the students that were there today for today's class. You get yourselves an A, give yourselves an A. You'll go ahead and, and uh, up your grade even more. We've got finals coming up next month and also our graduation for our first class of Lakers Fast Break University. So I'm looking forward to that as well. We'll actually be donning the graduation gear. So I look forward to that. So for Professor Joe Soros, for Professor Sean Grice, this is Dean of All University Studies here at Lakers Break University, Gerald Glassford. I want to thank you so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. And we'll see you tomorrow from all of us right here at the Lakers Break.